This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I honestly, when I look at the news, I kind of feel like a mountain climber at Mount Everest. It's like everything's got to stand in line, man. Yeah, I know it's really important. You're going to get to the top of Mount Everest, but stand in line. There's a lot of important stuff going on. We're going to talk a little bit about Justin Amash. We're going to talk about uh, China and their weaponizing of rare earth minerals. We are not in a trade war. We're in a war war. Uh, And we'll explain that coming up in uh, just a second. Also, the latest on the abortion uh, controversy. Missouri is now going to be, uh, what are they, one day away from not having any abortion clinics in the state. Congratulations, Missouri. Congratulations. At the same time, Georgia is being threatened by Netflix and Hollywood. Well, we're not going to do anything in Georgia. Oh, To get Hollywood to spend money in our state, all we have to do is kill children? Oh, well, that's a tough decision. We start there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Recent Gallup uh, survey shows Americans are worried more now about burglary than almost any other crime. Uh, And I think there's a reason for it. Right now, we're living in a country where everybody's like, that's my stuff. No, I, 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 that's my stuff. No, it's not. You don't deserve it. You see the, did you see the uh, lawsuit going on? I think it's in New York where they are, where they systematically demoted white people because they were white and then gave their jobs to other people that were not qualified. Finally, Martin Luther King's dream has come true. (laughs) Exactly. That's what he wanted. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what he wanted. As Al Sharpton said, it wasn't about a black man in the White House. It was about the same stuff in everybody's house. No, that was not his dream. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, everything is being stolen. Uh, Everybody is claiming everything is theirs. When they did an interview recently with a bunch of uh, burglars, uh, that were responsible for um, this really horrible string of burglaries in the town. The um, the burglar said, well, this is our stuff. We deserve it. If you can't keep it, if you haven't even put an alarm system on your house, well, then it's ours and we deserve it more than you do. It's crazy. Mm. SimplySafeBeck.com is the best way to secure your home and make sure that no burglar is getting in. And if they do get in, they're caught immediately. It's SimplySafeBeck.com. I want you to do your own homework. You're smart enough to figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, when you start looking into it, you're going to realize you've been ripped off, if you have a burglary system, by, by these companies that have been selling you crap for a long time. This is a different way to protect your house. It is simplysafebeck.com. You get a free video camera uh, with it right now. It's a security camera. When you order, it's a $100 value. You get that free when you order. Now, it's simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. So where do you want to start, uh, Stu, as we're standing on the summit uh, about to reach the peak of Everest, and it's crowded as we're looking at all of the stories. They need a, they need like a, a Wendy's or something up there. Can, can I tell you something? <laughs> it's grotesque what it's turned into. Ah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people want to do it, right? I mean, a lot of people want to say they scaled Everest, and at some point, 
so many people have scaled Everest. No one wants to say they scaled you Everest anymore. Scale Everest and stand in line for your photo op. It's like <laughs> Disney. It's it is grotesque. Well, it's it's really just a you know this is a dumb uh, complication, but basically there's only like a, a very short time you can actually do it. Right. And so they give away. I mean, look, it's Nepal. I know. They're like here. We have one thing. That giant hill over there. I know. Charge no, whatever no, no. we they're, can. Yeah, they're charging $11,000 for the permit to do it, and everybody's paying it. Yeah. So they're like, okay. And this time but it was the, a you, relatively short period, even shorter than normal. So everyone rushed up there at the same time. And, and you and know then, that they're like people are passing dead bodies? Yeah. Because oh. you can't get dead bodies down. It's like $70,000 to remove a body from the top of Mount Everest, and people have died. And so they just leave them there. So you're like, hey, I'm going to get my photo op. <laughs> That's a dead body over there. Yeah. Well, just keep it out of the crop it out of the picture. I mean, it's weird what's happening. It is. It is. Um, so I don't know that I would start with the Everest thing. No, no, no. Uh, myself. But <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I think the Missouri thing is significant. Uh, basically, there is a, a new a moment in this abortion uh, conversation that mm-hmm. we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri has implemented some of the most restrictive abortion laws in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, obviously this is all going to an eventual Supreme Court challenge of many different parts of Roe versus Wade, but also the the entire the entirety of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Missouri has one abortion clinic left, and it is Planned Parenthood. And they have been audited at Planned Parenthood. And so Planned Parenthood is ha- like they actually did have problems. They went through the entire audit and they found uh, you know significant issues. Planned Parenthood pr- uh, gave them a plan, and this is how we're going to correct those issues. And the state's like, yeah, well, that doesn't look sufficient. We want to have some interviews with some of the people who work there. And Planned per- Parenthood is refusing. They won't even let. They won't even be like. Think about this. If you are an abortion supporter for a second, uh-huh. you are saying this is this fundamental right, and it's all about women's rights. And then Planned Parenthood is saying, "Yeah, we're not going to let you uh, interview our doctors to keep this clinic open." They're saying, "No, you can't interview them." Now, God only knows what would happen if they did interview them, because who knows what shady stuff they're they've been doing there and what they would admit to uh, under questioning. They may. And that is probably why Planned Parenthood doesn't want them interviewed. But if they don't interview them, the state is saying, well, if you don't go along with the process that we've outlined here, you are going to not, your license is going to expire and we're not going to renew it. So that expires, I believe, in one week. There's- Do you imagine any other business? You imagine financial sector, uh, car sector, anybody, when the state licenses you and you as a business say, no, you can't interview us. On the license renewal. No, you can't talk to any of us. How dare you even think about talking Mm -hmm. to us? Everybody would say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? What are you hiding? You know, and maybe they're not hiding anything. Maybe it's just on principle. But if you're a regulated industry, you imagine the cable company saying to Congress, you know what? We're not showing up. You have to understand, though, Glenn, there's a fundamental principle of the left that they Mm. just don't believe in government regulation. They don't want the government in the business of 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 a doctor and patient relationship. They want nothing to do with that. Except for universal health care. Well, yeah. And and other and every other interaction, including (laughs) things that you buy over the counter. They they, they want they want and they want the FDA to basically block every new medication for until the end of time. And they want to be able to sue every drug manufacturer every time someone has a negative side effect and sure they want to do all of those things 
and they want to be involved in every aspect of your life from birth to death. But this one thing, it, they are just basically Ayn Rand on. Right. They don't want any in, government interaction. Imagine, imagine the the left if you if the if the insurance industry or the drug manufacturing industry said we're not taking any questions. You can't question us. How dare you even question us? Can you imagine what they'd be saying? Yeah, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No, but they have special rights. Planned Parenthood gets special rights because they're a protected political group. And their case is basically they're harassing us. They're coming up with these things, Uh these crazy things that we have to do, and we're not going to go along with them anymore. But again, like if you're protecting a fundamental human right, like you say you are, surely interviews is not too far, right? That's not too much to ask. They're doing this because I think they think there's, there could be a potential disaster if they get their employees in mm-hmm. front of these people questioning sure. who, who might think a little bit more about themselves and say, look, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to get thrown in jail for lying about any of this. Mm-hmm. So they may be honest. And mm-hmm. that is not what Planned Parenthood wants. It'll be interesting. This would be the first state since Roe versus Wade occurred to have zero abortion clinics in it. They would have zero as of next week. I have to tell you, it's it, this by the the Democrats forcing this by taking such an extreme position they are forcing people that have never thought about it before never wanted to think about it Mm -hmm. because it was in that safe uh legal and rare category and people were happy living there you know the vast majority i shouldn't say vast 50 60 percent of of americans were happy living there safe rare legal it just covered everything for, for, for most people in America. And because they got away from safe, rare, and legal to shout your abortion. Abortions are great. My best abortion happened the first abortion <laughs> to where it was. It's crazy. Yeah. It forced people to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's life. Oh, now, wait a minute. When does life actually start? And we're having real deep conversations for the very first time and it may not be happening on the left but it is happening on the right and that's why you're seeing states like missouri say you know none zero Mm -hmm. because people are having this they have they have played this card because they believe that there is enough americans who will say oh my gosh look they're trying to shut down all abortions I'm going to vote for the people who said, yeah, you can let the child die after birth. I'm going to vote for them because of these extremists that don't want anything because they say it's life. I'm sorry. I don't think you're going to win. I really don't. I think Americans are fair. They don't want to be involved in your life. They don't. They won't want to be involved in your decisions. They under they have enough hard decisions to make on their own. I don't know about you, but I'm dealing with my teenage kids and I don't need to mess with you. Why am I getting involved in your life? My life is enough. I'd like somebody to help me out on mine. I'm looking for some answers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's where most people are. But when you go so far where you're like, yeah, that's not even a kid. What? Right. I, I mean, abortion's biggest friend has always been the ability to drown out the thought about it. Yes. Right. And so, like, you think about it. if People like, don't want to think about right, it. Like you're in an apartment, right? And you hear yelling and fighting in the next apartment through the walls. 
Mm-hmm. Abortion's biggest friend has been America's unending ability to just turn up the music really loud and not hear mm-hmm. it, right? And and so there's that's going on, you know. So because what? of our tolerance, because yeah. we don't want to get involved in somebody else's affairs, right? And so that's your starting point, right? Mm-hmm. However, when you hear the plate hit the wall and break, and you hear a giant piece of furniture turn over. And at that point, Americans, all right, I got to turn the music down and listen to this because what the hell is going on? I got to call the cops. Yep. And that is where we are, I think, with abortion. They I are, think they, so, too. They have I come know. to the point where they're, they are, you, you, can't, you can't ignore it anymore because of the extremes they're going to. And that overall is a good thing. I, I, I fear the idea that we're in a debate about the ninth month of pregnancy because, you know, you, we, because if you lose this, the Overton window moves. Yeah, you, know? you, you you lose you lose this debate. If if the, if people go numb on this, we are then killing children. We are the the next the next thing we debate is you know their health care is too expensive, so just let them die. I mean that's what's going to happen because yeah. historically that's what happens, and I think America is drawing the line. I, I you know I I thought about this a lot last night. Um, and I listened to three different speeches. I listened to uh, George Washington's farewell address, Eisenhower's farewell you got address. You audio of Washington's. That's amazing. Yeah, it's actually audio. Somebody else read it, but yes. Um, <laughs> I did figure that. Uh, so uh, uh, Washington's farewell address, Eisenhower's farewell address, and Reagan's time for choosing. And I want to work on this a bit for, for tomorrow's uh, broadcast, but I, I will tell you that Everything that they said is happening now, uh, and everything that they were talking about is 100% reasonable, I believe, to our Democratic neighbors. To those who vote Democrat, they will listen to these words if they are presented in the right way. They will listen to those words and go, yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Absolutely. Mm. And um, and I remember in 2008, you might remember this. We were so freaked out and I prayed so hard and I got two answers. One, these are not enemies of yours. They're enemies of mine. Anybody who stands against freedom, basic human freedom, they're not enemies of yours. Those are my rights. I've lent it. You're going to have to fight for them. But those are my rights that I lend to you. So be on my side. I'm not on your side. I'm on the side of rights. Be on my side. That was the first thing. At the same time, I got another message, and that was their arrogance will be their undoing. Don't worry. Their arrogance will be their undoing. And that's what we're seeing right now. They are so arrogant. They so so believe that they are in the majority because of the media and everything else that they're not afraid to say anything. And they're saying the craziest damn stuff, and Americans are waking up. More in a second. First, let me pause for one minute and tell you about Blinds.com, a big special that they have going on right now. It's the Mega Memorial Day sale. You can save up to 50% on everything site-wide, plus you'll save an extra 20% or, sorry, $20 off. On top of that, if the if you use the promo code Beck at Blinds.com, they have 30,000 five-star customer reviews. They're America's number one choice for affordable custom window coverings. Plus, every single order gets free samples, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So, f- save 50% off of everything 
plus an extra $20 off with the promo code BECK. So you just go to blinds.com, use the promo code Beck. If you're looking to change, transform, really transform the look of your house, especially if you're selling it, but don't wait to sell it. Enjoy the house while you have it. But if you're looking to sell it, this is the fastest, cheapest way to transform and update the look of your home. Just go to blinds.com slash Beck, blinds.com use the promo code back you'll save an extra twenty dollars and 50 percent off site-wide their big memorial day uh, week sale it is happening right now blinds.com promo code back 10 seconds station id You know who I've become a big fan of is um, Bridget Phetasy. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she is hysterical. <laughs> Have you seen what she wrote to Alyssa, uh, Alyssa Milano and her, you know, not going to have sex, you know, make sure you don't have sex with your husbands until this is changed. Did you see her tweet back? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. Alyssa. Have your husband call me. <laughs> I love that. Which actually, I think even Alyssa laughed at. She did. Yeah, she actually is... liked that tweet. <laughs> it's kind of um, but, uh, you know, we are, we're coming to a place where uh, Bridget Phetasy is, she's not known as a conservative at all. Mm. Um, she's had a fascinating, fascinating life. Um, and has has worked for Playboy magazine. She's very outspoken on sex and and everything else, and she has a reason for it. Her life story is incredible. Um, But she has been rejected now. I don't remember the first thing. What was the first thing that happened? But she's been rejected by the left because she is an independent thinker. And I think she's one of those, like Dave Rubin, who is starting to go, wait a minute, you know, I, I just kind of always thought i was a liberal and i'm not for any of that stuff uh and she's she's waking up and i and i think there are a lot of people like that and when i see when i see netflix come out and say you know what if if georgia if you try to go and 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 do that heartbeat law well we're not going to film there I think there's a lot of people that A, are sick of Hollywood. B, are smart enough to go, wait a minute. We're talking about a baby. So you're asking me to turn a blind eye to killing babies. Uh, or, or you'll give me money. Or if I don't turn a blind eye, you'll leave and you won't make your stupid show here. Well, that sounds like a deal with a devil. Because even if you don't agree on the the position on abortion, you obviously don't want a state making its decisions on its laws, especially on something as critical as life, right. based on whether, you know, the next season of House of Cards, which, by the way, was um, starred a guy who was molesting people all over the set, Netflix, yeah. all over the set. Yeah. Yeah. You, you made a lot of money off of that one. Did you donate that money, Netflix? Did you? Because I don't remember the I don't remember the big story about how you donated all that money uh, from all the profits from House of Cards that you made, which basically launched your entire company mm-hmm. and a, a run of a giant party of molestation of at times underaged boys, 
that whole thing doesn't didn't seem to make you make any decisions as far as money goes. Yeah, you changed out the actor a, a, actress on it on the last, on the last season, season, and you apparently fired anyone who had any ability to write. Because I don't know what the hell happened in that last season. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they, I don't know. They, like, I think they all went to HBO and wrote the ending of uh, Game of Thrones. Okay. But that's a <laughs> Shouldn't story. you be making your decisions as a state when it comes to your laws based on what's right and what's wrong, not based on instance, extortion by Netflix? For instance, I grew up out west, so this probably did never registered on your radar, and you're a little uh, younger than I am. Um, but I remember when the fifty-five. Uh, mile an hour speed limit happened okay now back in the in the east it probably didn't mean that much because you went from 70 to 55 and quite honestly in connecticut and washington everything you're lucky to get to 55 okay right, on the right. highway yeah. <laughs> but out west they were everybody was like are you kidding me do you know how long we're gonna have to be on the highway to go visit somebody <laughs> because our states are enormous and the government said, we're going to withhold funds unless you do this. People back then were upset, and some states went, you know what? Screw you. That was over a speed limit thing. This is life. Hold your ground, Georgia, Missouri. Hold your ground. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. If you're in constant pain, you are not alone because I was as well. Inflammation is really what is at the root of so much of our pain. And I can relate to you if you get up every morning. And and quite honestly, let me just speak uh, frankly uh, to guys. And maybe women don't understand this. But I am with you if you are in so much pain. It is... Um, emasculating and you have to ask your wife to help you do things that is just it's horrible i can relate there is relief at least there was for me and 70 percent of the people who try this find relief and it is relief factor i want you to go to relieffactor.com try it for three weeks it's twenty dollars try it for three weeks if it doesn't work stop taking it it works for 70% of the people who take it. They go on to order more month after month, just like I do. I've been taking it for over a year, three times a day. A way to ease your pain and get your life back. It's relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. I want to introduce you to an amazing, amazing couple. <clears throat> they have just uh, <clears throat> been named <clears throat> the hottest event keynote speakers of 2018. Uh, and that includes, you know, the likes of Mark Cuban and Barbara Cochran and Magic Johnson and, and everybody else you can think of. Um, they are uh, motivational speakers, I guess. But really, the motivation, I think, just comes from the way they live their life. Chris Norton, Emily Norton, author of The Seven Longest Yards. Welcome to the program. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. So anybody who doesn't know you, tell, tell me what The Seven Longest Yards are. Yeah, so the seven longest yards, it came from this goal that I set. I'm going to walk Emily seven yards down the aisle of our wedding side by side, which, you know, listening, you probably think that should be easy. Mm -hmm. Well, in 2010, as a 18-year-old kid, I was playing college football, and I was running down to make the tackle, and I see the opening, just a routine tackle, but I mistimed my jump just by a split second. And so instead of getting my head in front of the ball carrier, 
my head collides right with his legs and um instantly i lose all feeling and movement from my neck down and i was given a three percent chance to ever regain any feeling or movement back below the neck after suffering a severe spinal cord injury which i at the time i felt like my life was over and eventually it you know it led to meeting emily and then setting this goal that we're gonna walk down the aisle for a wedding and actually the walk down the aisle ended up being the easiest part of our journey and your journey, you guys met three years after, we did. right? And um, you went through some dark times mm-hmm. as well. Tell me about that. Yeah. So after college, I went through a dark time of depression and suffering with anxiety. And um, I've always had just a big passion and a heart for helping kids, kids who have been abused, neglected, um, without families, just had this big passion for kids in foster care and struggling with those things. So I always took that on my own shoulders and had this responsibility that it was my responsibility to help these kids. And instead of letting it out, I kept Mm -hmm. it in. Um, And it really wore on me. I started not caring as much, stopped feeling um, and just started losing me. Uh, honestly, I thought I would never be me again. Like I thought I was gone. Emily was gone forever. Um, no hope. And I suffered for way longer than I should have because I was very against getting help. I felt oh. like I had to do it myself. Yeah. Um, very independent. I uh, felt like if I got help, that that was weakness and that it's crazy. It it's, is. Yeah. When you change that one viewpoint mm-hmm. that it is a strength to ask yes, for help, not yes. weakness. Everything changes in 100%. your life. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Being able to just come to that realization that you have to ask for help. You have to depend on God. There's nothing wrong with that. And it does. It takes more strength to ask for help and admit mm-hmm. like something's going on and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that was holding me back from help was I didn't think that I could be depressed. Why would I be depressed? Mm-hmm. Never gone through, through anything difficult, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand it at all. Um, I understood that other people who went through hard things could get depressed. But for me, like I had this, there's no way that doesn't make sense. Um, so I just kept pushing through it and um, don't like being vulnerable. And so I shoved it all inside all of the things that just create a disaster and so much more struggles. And I should have been and it lasted for a few years because of those views and where were you in that recovery when you when you two met online yeah so i mean so that was before any of this started um i was at a really good place when we met online and it was actually right after the graduation walk that it really hit me um, I had some signs before, but we stayed so busy with working hard and focusing on the graduation walk. But after the graduation walk and after it went viral, when everything was going so great, it just, I went down and I hit the, hit the bottom with where I was at. Tell me about the graduation walk. Yeah. So this was the first big goal of mine. After my injury, I set the goal. I want to walk across the stage on my college graduation. Didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to work as hard as I possibly could each and every day. And uh, I told Emily about this goal when we first met and she was just as excited as this goal as I was. And uh, she became my personal trainer, my my best personal trainer that I've ever had. (laughs) And uh, uh, we just worked relentlessly for this walk across the stage, which I thought in my mind, I got to walk as fast as I can so I don't get booed off the stage and people are like checking the clock. (laughs) Like it's hot in the gym. Like graduations (laughs) are long. And I'm like, oh man, I got to, I got to book it across there. And so when I, we start going across the stage, um, this aurora of just cheering and um, clapping. And then I finally get across and I look out in the whole room. They're just, everyone's crying. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe the reaction, the response. And then 
eventually that video goes viral and it just takes people are still crying every time they see it yeah <laughs> i'm about crying with just hearing you saying yeah. um <clears throat> now so you guys didn't just get through your own little struggles you have taken 17 how old are you 26 27 27 27 <laughs> you have had 17 foster kids and mm-hmm. adopted five yes we have the hell is wrong with you (laughs) yeah five girls you really haven't recovered from hitting that guy's leg no i haven't yeah maybe i had a brain injury too (laughs) 17 and adopted five we have yeah it's we love it and i mean when we first started we're like we'll take one kid and got a different plan and kept stretching us and it is absolutely it's become both of our passions and we love just being able to help kids in these hard situations know they're loved they're special god has an amazing plan um and it takes a lot of work there's a lot of hard moments but when you can just stay there and show the kids they're not alone so many of the struggles i went through helped me to know how to to help the kids and to how to be there um so that they don't feel alone and when they're trying to push you away to push back harder uh, but it's been absolutely I amazing. T- I have a f- I have a 15 year old son who I'm having a heck of a time with right now, mm-hmm. and it is it's the hardest thing I've ever done is raise my son, mm-hmm. uh, and just no matter how hard he pushes back to be there, yeah, that's one. And look at me, I'm 23. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's insane. How do you? How do you push through it with 17 and five now adopted? Yeah. You know, Emily's like Wonder Woman without the cape. Like she just like the more kids we get, the more energy she has. Like, I don't know how she does it, but I mean, I'll never forget the first time she's like, when we say like, Hey, one child, like under the age of two. And she's like, Chris, what about two? I'm like, kids. I'm like, no way we can do two kids. That's insane. And then eventually worked our way up to seven. But um, (laughs) you just like, when you take on more than what you think you can handle, that's when you can realize your potential. And so we just keep finding out that the more we take on, you just figure it out and you just do it. Yeah. And I mean, I would say a big thing too is not taking it on your shoulders. What I learned when I went through the depression, like I learned to depend on God and put everything on him instead mm-hmm. of keeping it on my, myself because mm-hmm. you have to meet the kids where they are, but then to not let it bring you down, but instead like feel enough where you can still get into action and do every single thing you can every single day and let go of what's out of your control. There's so much out of your control. So um, just knowing and focusing on what we can do and letting the rest go has been very, very helpful to be so able to do So have it. you, have you guys have you, I, I want to phrase this carefully. Um, have you guys failed in ways that you would have described as a failure 10 years ago and been able to walk away going, we did everything we could and that's a success? Yeah, I mean, I would say that there's been moments where you feel like we would have previously felt like, you know, we're failing. Um, but you just, when you do absolutely everything you can do and you focus on that and change your perspective to yeah. that, um, it really helps a lot to know. Um, because obviously some of the kids that we've had in our home have had a lot of behavioral problems and we've seen transformations, but then, then there's other times that you wish you could do more. You wish that do you, you get, could change more. Do you get to a point to where you're like, I don't know. I've done everything I know how I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yes. You get to that yeah. you get to that point, but what's kind of special too when you stay after it and you stay mm-hmm. persistent 
uh, like in that moment of like nothing's working, like we're failing. And then it's like months later, the kid or the child will, will refer to something that you said months ago that you thought they weren't getting at yeah. all. Like it, nothing that you were saying was registering. And then they apply something that you were trying to teach them months later. And you see little moments like that, that you can see the progress mm-hmm. and you just focus on that progress and just chipping away at it because it's not an overnight thing. Like it, it's not something that you snap your fingers and uh, all the abuse and trauma that they experience and all the wiring that they've undergone is just gone. It takes a lot of time, a lot of moments. I will tell you, I'm in my fifties, uh, even though I look 22. Uh, and I, uh, <laughs> you don't need to laugh at that. No, I just, uh, uh, and I, uh, or is it 72? And, uh, uh, I still struggle for wisdom and I'm listening to you two with such deep wisdom that really comes. You can't read wisdom in a book. You can read it in a book, but that's not where it comes mm-hmm. from. It comes from you actually experiencing yeah. it. Do you think you would be anywhere close to who you are or where you are had it not been for your accident and your deep depression? No, absolutely <laughs> not. There's no way that I would be able to be a foster parent. We've heard most unimaginable things with these kids and what they've gone through. And previously with how I was able to cope with that, I mean, honestly, it sent me into the depression and I couldn't handle it. And so now I know exactly how to handle. I know how to let go of what's out of your control. And don't get me wrong. There are moments that I don't like anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a battle. You just have to battle it. You have to fight it. And you just have to keep remembering that um, if you do what you can do as best as you know how and work every day, um, things do start changing and turning around. Yeah. And now for me, like, if I could go back and change that play that paralyzed me, I wouldn't do it because I found a life and a purpose worth living for. And I can see and use my pain for a purpose. And it gives me life and um, inspiration knowing that my struggles can help somebody else through their own pain and struggles. You two are remarkable, (laughs) truly remarkable. And, um, As a man who has um, hit uh, lows and has been blessed by a good wife, you're a great woman (laughs) and you are greatly blessed. You are greatly Uh, blessed and vice versa. mm -hmm, Absolutely. Vice versa. She's wet on my leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, good women usually are out (laughs) out of our league. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for having us. How can we follow you? How can we follow your adventures? Um, well, I know uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, we have our book coming out, The Seven Longest Yards, mm-hmm. um, which shares our struggles and our journey. But, you know, Instagram, Chris A. Norton 16 is a great way to follow me. And that's my handle all across social media. ChrisNorton.org is my website. Yeah. And then mine for Instagram and Facebook is Emily Summers Norton. And we do, we try to like, our life purpose is just to help people realize like you're not alone. Like everybody goes through hard things. So many people have looked at me and thought I've have everything together. Like so many comments of you're perfect. There's nothing going on. And I hit everything. 
and you have no idea what someone else is going through. Chris, you see his challenges. He's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us struggles. Every single one of us hits those low points. And what it's about is just fighting to get out of it and knowing it's a strength to get help, like you said. Everyone is in their own wheelchair. Just Mm -hmm. most of ours are invisible. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and when I found this out when I was an alcoholic, I I hid everything. I was Mm -hmm. very good Mm -hmm. functioning alcoholic. And I said things on the radio that I thought were going to destroy my career because I, wa- I, was, I was done with radio. I'd done mm-hmm. it for 20 years and I was done with it was back in the 90s. And I said the worst things about me because I was viewed as this, you know, clean cut kind of guy. And I was anything but. Mm-hmm. And I exposed who I was and what I was struggling with. And the opposite happened. I realized the more we are honest with each other. The more we tell, the more we realize I could disagree with you on everything, but we are exactly alike. Mm-hmm. We are exactly alike. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. I'm privileged to people to see my challenges. People are kind and so helpful to me because they see what I'm going through. And right. I appreciate that. But we can do that to everyone. Yeah. And all the challenges that we're facing would be a better world. Chris and Emily Norton, um, the Chris Norton uh, Foundation, chrisnorton.org. And the book is The Seven Longest Yards. You can pre-order now. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank yep. you for having God us. Bless. Yeah, thank you. Back. Yeah, God bless. All right. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor this half hour. It is Car Shield. Car Shield. If, uh, you know, my, my grandfather used to work on his truck. My uncle used to work on his truck. My father was his as dumb as I am when it comes to mechanical things. So we didn't, we just looked at the car and went, Oh crap. You know how much that's going to cost. That's kind of where everybody is now. Cause you can't work on your car. Um, you have to take it in and just one stupid chip can cost you thousands of dollars. If your car is out of warranty you have 5,000, 150,000 miles on it doesn't matter. I've got two trucks that I'm going to I'll have until the doors fall off. They're what, 10, 12 years old, eight years old, uh, the other one. And uh, I just brought one of them in just for an oil change. Six grand I was facing. I didn't even have to worry about it because they called Car Shield. They knew I had Car Shield and it was covered. And when I got there, there to pick it up, they were like, yeah, we had to do some extra things. It was six thousand dollars. I'm like, what? Oh, it's all covered. Car Shield covered it. That's the kind of warranty that you need, and they can give you that um, extended coverage now at Car Shield. Go to carshield.com, use the promo code BECK, or call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000. Before you're facing a huge bill, go to carshield.com, use the promo code BECK. I personally can't believe we're still talking about the Mueller report, but we are. Bob Mueller is going to speak today at 11. Uh, That's Eastern time. We will be carrying that live uh, stations, just so you know. He is. It's very interesting because it was uh, announced and arranged by the Department of Justice. So this is not him saying, I want to hold a press conference. There will be no questions. He is just going to make a statement today and again we'll be carrying that live uh, stations and it is the first time he said anything yeah. since the investigation really began and it's going to be quite interesting uh, how he threads this needle what he has to say coming up this is the glenbeck program 
Well, there are there is a lot going on uh, today. Mark Cuban wants to change the Second Amendment. He says it's time to update it. That's fantastic. Uh, we have um, some news on Howard Stern that I uh, personally find fascinating. I've read his new book uh, and and highly recommend it. Uh, and I, I find what he's going through fascinating and uh, his defense of those who have a conservative opinion is also fascinating. Uh, Democrats and their policies are getting more and more bizarre. And we finally, I think, can see over the horizon and tell you what's coming, not only with Europe, but also with China. The trade war is an actual war. And we'll talk about that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A little bit first about uh, X chair. This is th- these chairs we have in the studios now. I started with one and I got one uh, for my TV set and I just loved it. Changed all the chairs here in the studio and they're just the best. They are absolutely the best chair I've ever sat in for an office chair at your home or at your office. I, I swear to you, I would I would sit in one of these and sit back like this and watch a movie and I'm fully comfortable. Oh, yeah. It's like a lazy boy. It is. I mean, and you can actually get work done in it. Yeah. I feel like when you say lazy boy, it's like people you picture themselves falling asleep. No. It, uh, no. No. It's it, it's a great chair, especially if you have like a home office. You got to invest in a great chair. Got to have one. You got to have one. Or you're just going to be miserable your whole life. So, so here's the deal. X chair is on sale now for $100 off. You just go to xchairbeck.com, xchairbeck.com. You need to feel the difference uh, for yourself. If you if you don't agree with me, just send it back. 30-day guarantee, no questions asked. Um, so it's it's not a problem. And I think, you know, a chair is is very personal. It's like a bed. You have to you have to know uh, and you have to sit in it yourself. But I tell you, everybody who has sit in the, uh, sat in this, we're all different shapes and sizes. Everybody says the same thing. Wow, this is a comfortable chair. X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. All you have to do is go to xchairbeck.com or call 844-4X-Chair. That's 1-844-4X-Chair. When you go there, use the promo code X-Wheels because they're going to give you a free set of the new X-Wheels with your chair, which is but We don't even have the X-Wheels. They're better than these wheels, Uh, and these wheels are fantastic. But this is all new ball bearings, and this is just a remarkable chair. Uh, xchairbeck.com. Go there now. xchairbeck.com. Okay, there's a couple of things that we have to address. First of all, the uh, Mueller is actually going to be speaking in just under an hour. We're going to be carrying that live stations. Uh, so, you know, if it happens at the right at the top of the hour when everybody is in news, uh, we will uh, delay it until the 06 and begin right uh, right there. Just station note. Uh, but this is the first time that Mueller has spoken since the report has come out. And it's not something that he called. Uh, he may have wanted to be he may have been the impetus behind. He might have been the one saying, hey, I want to I want to say something. Um, but it was called by the Justice Department. So this is not him going rogue on his own. This is through the Justice Department. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Any thoughts on that? We're bringing in uh, 
uh, Jason uh, Buttrell, uh, who can uh, go into a couple of other topics that we're going to deal with here in a second, but bringing him in also chief researcher of the program. Stu, any thoughts on what he's going to say? I mean, it's a statement, no questions, which is significant. Uh, you'd think that if they were announcing it through the DOJ, it doesn't mean he's going to say, by the way, I forgot to put this piece of evidence, you know, this video of Donald Trump making out with Vladimir Putin in the report. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I, you can't imagine it's going to be something like that. Um, but he may just want to clarify. I mean, I know one of the big things, oddly, one of the biggest focuses of the aftermath of the Mueller report is this bar letter which I just don't understand the focus on it. I mean, you know, yet, like we said at the time, I was on the air the day you were you were sick and the day it was going on. And I remember saying, it's like, look, we all expect Barr to put the best face possible on this initial report. Mm-hmm. That's he, he look, we can all act as if uh, he's not going to do that. But if Eric Holder was releasing this report for Barack Obama, you're damn right. It would have been it would have been favorable to it would have been the most favorable way he could be accurate. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and we, but and then again, even can, when I came back, as I think it was back the next day, I came back and I said, don't put any stock into this. Let's yeah. wait for the full report. Important to wait for the full report. Right. But what he said was, was accurate, but not, he did not tell the entire story. That's what a report does. A summary right. does not tell the whole story. Exactly. And like the idea that this three week period in between when this one letter came out, that did not tell the whole story, admittedly. But then the enti- he released the entire report and redacted almost nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, like if it wasn't he wasn't hiding it, if he hadn't released anything else yet, I could understand this controversy. He's released the entire report. Mm-hmm. Like we've all been and, able to and, read it, with the exception of very few things that were redacted, and not because it was forced out, because because he said he yeah. was going to release it. He just needed to make sure what was redacted. Uh, needed to be redacted and he was going to open it up as much as he could and he said that in his letter yeah i mean so it wasn't like he was hiding anything he knew the report was coming out the way he was going to release it but this is one of the big things that Mueller was apparently upset about he wrote a letter to Barr saying basically hey you need to release my summaries or please release my summaries Barr refused to do that then did testify in front of uh, congress and said uh, i don't know they probably wanted to release a little more after he'd released, you know, he'd already received the letter from Mueller saying we want to release more. Like he knew it, but again, like I don't, I, you know, I don't think this is a huge controversy given the fact that we got the entire report like a couple weeks later. Mm-hmm. And so my guess would be uh, that Mueller is going to come out and say that he was probably uh, wanted to get the full, rep- you know, the full details out there and would have preferred that to come out and w- he wanted to get more information out of there. But again, like, uh, you know, we have it all already. So this idea that this three week period, if like if you can't convince the American people that Donald Trump did something wrong with the full report and your your fallback option is essentially to say, well, we didn't like the idea that for three weeks people kind of believed it wasn't as bad as we think it was. I mean, that's just you're just a failure as a party. You've got you got another 18 months to make this case. Uh, to the american people and if you can't do it in 18 months you're not going to win so so what do you think of uh, i'm going to say two words here that will inflame people or have people celebrate those two words justin amash um i think what justin was saying well i know what he was saying last night uh at his two hour uh open forum in his district i mean the guy has balls of steel (laughs) Uh, and he, he he was taking it from all sides, and he was taking it and being really cool. Let's be respectful. Let's let's talk this out. And what he was saying was, 
not that he's for impeachment, but he has not signed on for impeachment. He is not saying, yeah, the Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, they're going the right way. What he's saying is, is that the president violated trust. And that is true. We all know it. We've just discounted it. We've priced it in already. Right. We, we know. You yeah, take what on. you take from the, yeah. the Donald Trump. In the 1980s, I'm, you know, I'm the greatest. This is the most luxurious. We got it. He's a salesman. Okay. We've known since the first time we saw Donald Trump, we're getting a hype story. So it's all been I mean, priced he, in. He's admitted this in several yes. books. Is, is, you know, it, and he says, Correct. It's, this is part of how you negotiate. It's a big piece of what he says all the time. Right. This is why you can't get so fired up like CNN constantly does or MSNBC constantly does about something he says or tweets or whatever. He's told us a thousand times. He's it's between negotiation. It's about uh, it's about hype. I mean, he believes in those things and has lived his entire life based on those principles. He so is you can't, P.T. Barnum. And he don't he, I don't mean that because he wouldn't take that in a bad way. He knows the greatest showman. Right? He's the yeah. greatest showman. Yeah. So all of that has been priced in. What what Justin Amash was saying last night was America has to have the conversation on a president violating the public's trust by being a showman, by saying, oh, well, it wasn't. Come on, Don. And there's nothing in the Mueller report that surprised me. I would have been absolutely heartbroken, maybe not surprised if there was more, you know, action happening with Russia. But I wouldn't have been surprised either with Hillary Clinton doing exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works now, unfortunately. Well, it wasn't what we thought it was. But it wasn't. It also, I mean, he was doing deals. We all knew he was doing deals with Russia. Of course, he's trying to get Trump Tower in Moscow. Of course. He told us no. There was no business deal. Well, he defines business in a different way. That's all bull crap, and we all know it is. That's just the way he compartmentalizes stuff. What Justin was saying was, America needs to decide, is that okay? And impeachment is the only way to decide that. Now, we should have this conversation, but that doesn't mean that we impeach him. It means we have the conversation. I agree with that. I agree with it. We should have that conversation. We should be eyes wide open. Nobody should be so blind to, you know, Donald Trump to or, or Nancy Pelosi or anything to where you're like, no, I don't even want to talk about it. No, let's talk about it. Yeah. And, and part of his point is there's a there's a split in, in what impeachment means. Right. If you go back to the founders, you know, Alexander Hamilton was big on this and that, like, you know, it should be something that when there is. Uh, you know, a misuse of the public trust, like we should be going for this. Mm -hmm. And like the, that kind of concept is basically a lot of people get impeached, right? Like the, the, going down that, going down that road is we use impeachment more often. The founders looked at it as something that was utilized a little bit more often than we t today, because now we look at it as this like, oh my gosh, it only happens once every hundred years. Um, it's an interesting split. Like Alan Dershowitz has been on the program before and explained the other side of that, which is the bar should be incredibly high. And only if you have very clear uh, violations, high crimes, really. Um, yeah, then, not 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 just lies. Yeah, high right. crimes. But yeah, and, not not Clinton. And to be stuff. fair, but Dershowitz was consistent 
on that mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. when Clinton was yes. Bill Clinton was getting impeached yes. and saying you shouldn't do this. It's not to the level. Right. This you know Republicans are you know did utilize I would say the more the the thing that was closer to the founders during the Clinton administration. Many people argued for it during the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. That we don't necessarily have proof of crimes. However, he should be impeached. And that's kind of what, you know, the Democrats are trying to make an argument on. Now, they have no we know they have no credibility on this point, but it is, I think, an important thing for the future of the country to figure out which one of those things we want. Do we want uh, do we want something? And I don't know. I mean, I kind of tend to lean a little bit more towards wanting that bar to be high, especially when we have four year terms. Like, you know, the idea that we're going to go to impeachment now when we're in the middle of a presidential campaign, it makes no sense to me. No, just just vote just the guy out if you think he sucks. Yeah, we're we're, we're that we're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Amash's point on that is: well, we can't just we can't just say because we're close to an election, people can do whatever they want. These the, the the same rules apply when at the beginning of the term and then at the end of the term. And of course, he's right on that. I think as a pragmatic sort of functional thing. We've got 2,947 Democrats running for president. <laughs> if you can't find one of them that you like more than this guy, he probably shouldn't be impeached. Right? Like, I mean, that, that's kind of a baseline, I think, real world view of this. But, you know, Amash is looking at this, I think, correctly constitutionally. Yes. Uh, and in this, it is the way the founders looked at it. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they outline this in great detail in the Federalist Papers and saying, like, look, the issue here is... When someone breaks the public trust, we have to weigh, have a way to hold them accountable. You know, we, we've been talking for a long time about how the DOJ basically has a rule. This is not a constitutional situation, but has a rule that you can't indict a sitting president. And let's and so we accept that. I think uh, yeah, and, and indictment speaking. is not a commitment. An no. indictment is, hey, we think you've done something. Right. We need to have a grand jury and look into criminal proceedings. But you can't even go to that point right, right. as of now with a sitting pres- president. Right. And and so if you don't take impeachment to the more generalized view and saying like well we can impeach you for you know hurting the public trust you're essentially making the argument that the president is largely above the law above the law right like he can do things that other citizens can't do and while we kind of know that in reality it's not something i want to admit it's not (laughs) something i want to codify i don't want to yeah i don't want to make that the rule so i think like you know i think the concept of Having impeachment as a threat to a politician who's entering into the presidency or any other position where if they start violating the public trust constantly, they, sh- they will be removed from office is something that's really important. If we just say, well, if you murder someone, we'll remove you from office. Well, that's not a real. That's, it's almost a meaningless standard. Impeachment's but not even a thing. Here's the thing. Everything in life has a consequence. What President Trump did was be P.T. Barnum and skate around the truth and move it around. He didn't do any of the things that everybody said he was doing. Okay, He didn't do any of Russia. He did not collude with Russia. He did not take the information from Russia. He just didn't do any of the things that they were going after. He did, however, mislead us on his business dealings. But we knew that that was baked in. If you didn't know that, you were an imbecile, okay? So what we're talking about here is a consequence of the president betraying the public trust to some degree. You know, is that a bad thing or a good thing or a neutral thing? That's something we should all decide. But the Democrats are going to pay a price as well for their action or inaction. 
If they don't act, they're going to piss off all of their really far left wing people. Mm -hmm. So they're going to pay a price for that. If they do and they do impeach, they'll pay a very high price for that as well with the remaining people who are like, you know what? Can we just stop this nonsense? Let the system work itself out. Let it work itself out. You just be a little quieter, Jason. We're trying to have a conversation here. Yeah. And uh, sorry about that. We're going to come back with Jason here in a second. Yeah, we got a lot to talk to you about, Jason. Uh, car Shield. Uh, car Shield, when your car says check engine, that's not a good thing. I mean, it's just not. Uh, I remember, you know, do you see the deal that 25% of Americans are worried about money all the time? 25 quarter of our population is worried about money all of the time. Mm. If you're not in that situation now, you remember that situation most likely. Uh, And man, when that check engine light goes on, that is a full fledged panic attack because most people cannot handle a $500 repair. They don't have a $500 bump in the road that they can handle. So what do you do? May I suggest you have, you know, car insurance, you have health insurance. The health of your car is just just as costly as the health of your body um, and sometimes more expensive. Carshield.com will help you if you're out of warranty. They have extended coverage now at 800 car 6000, 800 car 6000. I have this in my two used trucks and I tell you, they've saved me a buttload of money. 800 car 6000 800 car 6000 use the promo code back and you're going to save 10 percent. so do it now carshield.com 10 seconds station id i i will tell you that i don't like um we're at the point to where there are no good options uh, anymore on so many fronts because we have we let the, uh, the horses out of the barn long ago. And so now we're sitting here and we're saying, how do we put Humpty Dumpty back together again? And if we don't start looking at principles uh, and what's really going on, uh, we're in. We're in deep trouble. Uh, one of the things we have to have an honest conversation about is the China trade war. Um, as I've told you in the past, I don't agree with trade barriers. I don't like it. However, when it comes to China, I think the president is right because of China 2025, which is a goal of China set back in the early 2000s of being the dominant economic power and information power on earth by 2025. This is something that we have not paid attention to at all. And our, our corporations have given them everything because they saw that market and went, Oh, we can make a lot of money. So business here for cheap goods, we all made this deal went over uh, to China If Apple wasn't built in China, you would not be able to afford it. An Apple phone would be in the $2,000 to $2,500 range if it was made here in America. At the same time, these companies were so desperate for it 
they gave China all of their technology. When you go over and do business, part of the deal is you have to teach us and show us everything, how you make it, everything. And so they're just gaining all of this technology for free because we've been so desperate. Between China 2025 and the the new Silk Road and the Silk Road of Information being the 5G network, China is is warring with the West and the free world. They are at economic war with us, and we haven't had the balls to say anything. They're sending us poison dog food and bad medicine and opioids. They, they're doing, honestly, what the, the opium war was doing, what the English were doing to the Chinese. We'll talk about that uh, with Jason, our head researcher, and what what that means to us and what's happening over in Europe and what that says for the future because there's a real change in the air over in Europe and I I think it shows that Donald Trump is on the right side of history of at least the the the, the short-term history of where things are going it could be promising for him in 2020 more in a You're second listening to Glenn Beck <clears throat> So, uh, Father's Day is coming up. And what are you going to get your dad? May I suggest, most of us love meat. Uh, Omaha Steaks is a great, great uh, Father's Day present uh, to be able to get everybody together. At least for me. I don't need anything. I just want experiences with my kids. That's all I want. I want to go someplace with my kids. I want to have a father-daughter date, or I, I just want to have a good meal with them. Uh, and Omaha Steaks is a great place to start. Right now, if you order, you'll get two tender filet mignons. Uh, you'll get top sirloins and pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, jumbo franks, chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four chicken breasts, uh, four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, uh, a packet of Omaha, Omaha Steak Signature Seasoning, and you get four extra steaks, uh, bur- steak burgers for free if you use the promo code BECK. Type that in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. omahasteaks.com. Type BECK into the search bar, and you're going to find this whole package. Perfect for Father's Day at omahasteaks.com. The best conservative content all in one place, blazetv.com. You got uh, Ali Sucky, John Miller, Lauren Chen, and, of course, Glenn Beck. Go to uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. Jason uh, Batril, who is uh, with us now and uh, our head researcher, I want to talk to you a little bit about Europe and China, but also a little bit about Mueller and what he's going to say here in about 30 minutes on this uh, report. It seems to me, Jason, that this is nothing but a circus and a sideshow. Uh, nobody's really honestly looking for the truth in anything because the truth is Russia tried to meddle and did meddle with our elections and they'll do it again. And nobody's talking about that. We're just talking about impeachment, which has no chance of going anywhere. It, the house can vote for impeachment. Good for them. Then it goes to the Senate. Do you think they're going to pick it up? No. And who's going to suffer at the, at the uh, at, at election time, the Republicans and Donald Trump or the Democrats, the Democrats will pay the price for this. 
Yeah, that that that's from a from a former member of the intelligence community. That is that's really the tragedy of this entire thing. Like we know with what Russia did. It's very detailed the the report that they released on how they were they messed with our election, how they hacked uh, major you know party uh, organizations, DNC and everything. Can There's you no imagine, question. You imagine what the what the NSA and CIA have on this that we oh my gosh for the amount of stuff that we know at our level and mm-hmm. we were talking about three four years ago. Before any of this was in the public sphere, we found it on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, where they're admitting what they were going to do. Imagine what the federal government has, and they're not talking about it. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. That, that's really where the, where the oversight should be right now. It yeah. shouldn't be talking about the stupid crap they're talking about now. It should be, wait a minute, like the House Intelligence Committee should be like, so are we identifying what went wrong and are, have we hardened ourselves against this right. in the future? What about all the states? We have an election coming up in a mere matter of months. Why are we not doing something? Are we doing something? What are we doing? When the president said the other day that we had to go to Mars because space was the most important defense thing we could do right now. I disagree. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing we can do is harden our intelligence network and our information network and our our election network. Uh, We are we are prime for hacking. And if we are hacked. We're the wor- we we end up being in the worst shape because we are the first first world co- when something does work when we don't have electricity when we don't have power when we don't even have air conditioning we go to hell fast China doesn't go to hell that fast because their people are already living a lot like the Stone Age yeah yeah the the, the we are in a new nuclear like basically arms race yes, right now. Are. This is the new, like before it was actual nuclear weapons. Right now it's, it's different types of tech. Uh, you mentioned China, 5G uh, rollouts. Um, that is crucial right now. And China's destroying us in that AI uh, right now. We should be having, there should be a Manhattan project for artificial intelligence scientists all over the world. Been saying that for years. That should we, be the immigration center right now. Last week, last week, um, Samsung released this Mona Lisa project. Did you guys see this? We talked oh, about yeah. it last night. Yeah. So making the Mona Lisa move and talk. Okay. It's a painting. Making it come to life and speak, and they can do it with any picture that most people didn't realize that was announced at Samsung AI Moscow. Wow. Okay. That's significant. That, that is, that's a uh, uh, deep fake territory. That's deep fake central. And we're not talking about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> Russia actually has a hacking convention every year where they invite all the best hackers and computer scientists into like one central location. I think it's in St. Petersburg and they give them a task they, and the tasks are all military. This is frightening. Have you ever heard, ever heard about this? No. They give them a task that's specific to attacking another nation state. So they'll be like, there's a power plant. You have 30 minutes to break into it. What do you do? Or you have 30 minutes to crash it and make it explode. What we're do you not, do? We're not doing any of that. I, 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 at least that I know <laughs> of. I hope we are. But I don't think we're doing any of well, that. Well, we did so. find out that the NSA did have this tool that's now kind of biting us because it, it was leaked. But they had a tool that could break into basically every Microsoft computer for several years and never reported it to Microsoft because they liked using it. Of course. <laughs> uh, and... Once it leaked and now other countries were using it against us, they did go to Microsoft. It's been patched now, but these co- these whatever computer isn't patched can still be hit by it. Point being, though, they got a lot of tools. I mean, the NSA has a lot of tools. I know, and I hope we do. I hope we are 
I mean, we are in the we're in the Sputnik time period now for technology and whoever gets to the moon first dominates, dominates. And uh, and I hope to God that it, it it's us. China is not screwing around now. And, and I think, Jason, I think we have gotten this China thing right from the beginning. Yep. Uh, we have said it's about 5G. It's about hacking into our uh, into our businesses and our inventions here. It's about our companies giving away their intellectual property for free to China. Uh, it's about unfair practices uh, that China is doing and and China 2025. This is a serious issue. And this is a transformative economy that we're about to see. We talk about how there's been going to be massive shifts. They're moving away from, you know, creating small, like little stupid little products, you know, that they used to sell off mm-hmm. to us. And we still buy mm-hmm. via Amazon. That takes about two months for them to actually get here to go through customs. Um, but they're moving away from that. But the entire world is really moving away from that. It's going more towards services. Remember, like Apple now is like, mm-hmm. they're like, crud, we're not making as much money on phones anymore. Now they're looking at opening up like, you know, like Apple TV, doing mm-hmm. stuff like that, other services. Mm-hmm. It's moving in tech services. That's the direction. And China saw this coming from a lot. Why do you think they're, they're trying to expand their 5G network all over the world? Because they want to be the ones dominating that. So do you want the, the country to dominate the flow of information all over the world. And this is what this is what this is really about. The flow of information all over the world. This is the same country that is doing a, a social credit system amongst their citizens. Mm-hmm. It's it's the biggest police state in the world right now. It's they're, it's they're the biggest jailing their slave, own citizens. It's the biggest slave state in right. the world right now. Right. It is. It's an abomination. It is. This is the situation that in a hundred years from now. Our great grandchildren will all say, you know what? Our great grandfathers and grandmothers, they were just awful people. They didn't care about the slaves in China. They did nothing about it. We're dealing exactly with the same kind of things that our founders were dealing with. And they looked at business and said, well, it'll work itself out. Let's just go to war when we have to. Let's do these things that we have to do and it'll work itself out. It it will work itself out. And I think with China, it's going to work itself out with with war. Yeah, you can't look at company like i've heard a lot of people say look it's they're just tech companies in china and they're competing you cannot look at tech companies in china versus the same as like tech companies in the rest of the world especially not here in the united states let's take for instance huawei so huawei we did we delivered a huge blow to huawei they're trying they're leading the push on 5g right now um the trump administration just uh said look any u.s company cannot do business with huawei which is a huge deal for Huawei because their phones which is probably the number two largest uh, phone mm-hmm. company in the world now um, they all use Google. So now they can't use Google anymore. So they're like, oh, crud, what do we do? They're also making a push to lead in, in like laptop and computer production. Now they can't use Microsoft. So now they're kind of screwed. Now, the history of Huawei is pretty interesting. And see, and this kind of goes into how these Chinese companies operate. The only reason Huawei is a thing right now is because they stole the source code from U.S. companies that moved into China right after, you know, the... Uh, their introduction into the World Trade Organization. They stole the source code, stole the source code, then copied whatever all the all the other technology, you know, all the other uh, you know, uh, like how to build certain phones and stuff from from U.S. companies. Then they created a clone company of U.S. companies. That that person, their their CEO, was a former intelligence guy in the China uh, People's Republic of China military. 
Um, his job was to procure technology. That was his entire job. Then he becomes the CEO. He was also a Communist Party member. Now, this is the guy that stole the source code, now has the second largest phone company in the world. If you're a flagship company in China, there is a, an official Communist Party office located right next to the CEO's office, basically. They're co-located with the company. A Huawei is China, Chinese government. The CCP, the China Chinese uh, Communist, Communist Party. Party. That's them. All their flagship companies are the same way. So if you're looking at, well, this is just Huawei trying to like, you know, you know, uh, dominate five G. No. no, it's the Chinese Communist Party in China. It's China 2025, which was a communist goal set out in 2006, somewhere in that area, of where China would be in at china 2025 in the year 2025 we are going to dominate the world and the world's information and donald trump is putting a stop to it with this trade war it's the only thing that makes sense because of the moves we're making it don't it's the only thing that makes sense because people like larry kudlow and uh and um uh more stephen moore are for this and when I've talked to Stephen Moore, he has said China is different, and and he's right. China is different. This is this is you. I flip flopped as you know, probably Stu, on, on this multiple times because I just don't know. Like I am against tariffs as well. Yeah. But when you think about China, it's a different animal. Like I don't know how else are you going. What other level are you lever? You, you have pull? to stop them taking all of our stuff. It's interesting though. I mean, why? Is the answer to them stealing our technology a tax on us? Why? Why do we get? We, why no, do we I have think, to pay the penalty right, for I, the for the the transfer of technology to them? Because that seems like something they're doing wrong. It's not something something that I'm doing wrong. Yet I'm the one because I don't pay think the you can. Prices. Right, but I don't think you can stop this with the American corporations because they want that. They'll sell their country out. We, we well, know that. that. Facebook, uh, Google, they'll sell us out in a heartbeat. They just they, they don't care. And they're already working with China on really bad things. Mm-hmm. So for the country to say we have a trade war and oh, by the way, you cannot do business with this company, this company, this company. That's the next level. This level is, oh, Apple, you want to do that? OK, go ahead. It's going to cost you 25 percent more. And so they do pass it on to us. But I think hitting these corporations where they live on the bottom line is the only way you're going to get them to untangle from China. The Huawei situation seems to be a more a more direct way of addressing this, though. Right. I mean, like you're they're going after them because they've done they've committed what we view as you know international crimes, basically, mm-hmm. uh, in some cases, almost acts of war. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. serious. But like to add because of of those types of things to add a 20 25% tax that i have to pay on goods from lo- many times companies completely unrelated to them is a is a is a it's so a very I don't think indirect it's, broad sort of like blunt force thing that punishes american citizens uh for crimes that china commits so here's what i think actually happened uh, larry kudlow stephen moore uh and uh, john bolton they all know. They all know what China really is. Does Donald Trump know what China really is? I don't know. I don't know. I think. I mean. I think he he takes them. He knows they're a serious threat. He knows right? they're a serious I mean, threat. I, is he the architect of this? No. I think what he's the architect of is a trade war. He loves tariffs, mm-hmm. and so the people in the administration that he surrounded himself with said, "Okay, you know what? There's some good that we can make happen out of these tariffs." 
because nobody's been willing to take them on. He'll take them on under the guise of Mm -hmm. tariffs. So let's solve the Huawei stuff. Let's solve some of these things by using tariffs. I think it was their way in using something that Donald Trump understands how to use and really loves. Yeah, I think that's I mean, I think that's I think they're making the best of a situation. I think so, too. They don't prefer. Right. Um, but I don't remember, not, uh, it's not just it's, you know, Larry Kudlow is very friendly to free trade economics. It's, correct. And it's been that way for a long time. But the people he has like Wilbur Ross and and Lighthizer and I mean, they're, they're, these people are not they're They're the exact opposite. I mean, they I want to do this whether China is good or bad, which is why you saw, you know, uh, tons of our, our allies getting so, hit with these big tariffs as well. This is not just a China situation. Um, it's a, it's a broad strategy by the president, but which, by the way, he ran on. I mean, so, it was it was a big you know, big priority. Of his, what were clearly. some of the things that we were told off air by people who were very pro-Trump mm-hmm. uh, during the election? I'm Glenn. I want you to know I got several calls like this from people. I am not for Trump. I just want you to know I'm with you 100 percent away, but I am not going down the road. You're going down because somebody has to be in his inner circle mm-hmm. because it, we have to be able to use the things that he believes in and his bully pulpit and move us in the right direction. And with with that, not not in a usurping sort of way. Exactly what Larry Kudlow said. He talked to the president. and was like, no, I'm not. I wouldn't join you because you're for trade trade war then he said something to him for 20 minutes and larry was like i'm in what could that have been larry this is what i want what do you want well i think china is a danger good do those things i want this done i want a better deal with china you want to hurt china in this way and get that done i think we can do both to me that's what would make somebody like larry kudlow go i'm on board with your trade war Mm -hmm. Sponsor this half hour is LifeLock. Uh, consumer advocates are raising alert about a Social Security imposter scam. Scammers use technology to spoof your caller ID, making it look like they're calling from the Social Security Administration. Hi, Mr. Beck. Yeah, uh, Social Security Administration. You can see it there on your uh, caller ID. Somebody's stolen your, uh, uh, your uh, Social Security number, and we just want to track it down. Can we verify your number, please? Sure. You're going to read it back to me? No, we'd prefer that you read it to us. Don't do it. People are using this to steal your identity and your social security number uh, and then sell it on the dark web. Cyber criminals are doing everything they can, and you're not able to follow all of it. But LifeLock can. LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Secure your identity with LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Uh, we are just, we're just, it, look, here's the thing. We're against trade barriers. We are against uh, economic sanctions. We're just, when it comes to trade, free trade is the answer. Uh, this is just getting ugly, and we have to pray uh, that the president and those around him are looking at the effects of these trade wars and looking at the the election that is coming do nothing do no harm to the economy if you want to win 2020 this is the glenn beck program 
Bob Mueller is speaking for the first time publicly since the release of the Russia report. He's expected to announce that he is going back to private life. But is he going to say anything else uh, about uh, what people are saying about the report and and, uh, Attorney General Barr? It's uh, something that has been called by the Justice Department. So this he's at the Justice Department making this uh, statement. There will be no questions that he'll be fielding afterwards. Uh, but we'll hear his speech in one minute. Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Right now is the time to get a new home because interest rates are extremely low right now, making a new mortgage payment affordable. Please get a locked-in mortgage rate. Do not do an adjustable mortgage. Please, you'll, you'll pay for that later. Right now, you can lock in a mortgage rate, and you, you will save so much money. In many cases, you will pay less for your home than you do for a rental, and rent is going to go through the roof, I believe, in the next few years. Anyway... American Financing. These are the people that you can trust with your mortgage. Uh, they work for you. They don't take kickbacks from the banks. They're not trying to jam you into somebody's mortgage. They're looking for the right deal for your conditions. Call them now. Uh, just take a 10-minute visit on the phone and get started with AmericanFinancing.net. Call 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation. NMLS 182334. ConsumerAccess.org. All right, let's go right to Robert uh, Mueller, who is uh, talking about. Uh, good morning, everyone, and who knows? thank you for being here. <laughs> Two years ago, the acting attorney general asked me to serve as special counsel, and he created the special counsel's office. The appointment order directed the office to investigate. Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. This included investigating any links or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the Trump campaign. Now, I have not spoken publicly during our investigation. I'm speaking out today because our investigation is complete. The Attorney General has made the report on our investigation largely public. We are formally closing the special counsel's office, and as well, I'm resigning from the Department of Justice to return to private life. It's not a surprise, by the way. I'll make a few remarks about the results of our work. But beyond these few remarks, it is important that the office's written work speak for itself. Let me begin where Mm -hmm. the appointment order begins, and that is interference in the 2016 presidential election. As alleged by the grand jury in an indictment, Russian intelligence officers who were part of the Russian military launched a concerted attack on our political system. The indictment alleges that they used sophisticated cyber techniques to hack into computers and networks used by the Clinton campaign. They stole private information and then released that information through fake online and identities and through the organization WikiLeaks. The releases were designed and timed to interfere with our election and to damage a presidential candidate. And at the same time as the grand jury alleged in a separate indictment, a private Russian entity engaged in a social media operation where Russian citizens posed as Americans 
in order to influence an, an election. These indictments contain allegations, and we are not co commenting on the guilt or the innocence of any specific defendant. Every defendant is presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty. The indictments allege, and the other activities in our report describe, efforts to interfere in our political system. They needed to be investigated and understood, and that is among the reasons why the Department of Justice established our office. That is also a reason we investigated efforts to obstruct the investigation. The matters we investigated were of paramount importance. It was critical for us to obtain full and accurate information from every person we questioned. When a subject of an investigation obstructs that investigation or lies to investigators, it strikes at the core of their government's effort to find the truth and hold wrongdoers accountable. Let me say a word about the report. The report has two parts, addressing the two main issues we were asked to investigate. The first volume of the report details numerous efforts emanating from Russia to influence the election. This volume includes a discussion of the Trump campaign's response to this activity, as well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. And in the second volume, the report describes the results and analysis of our obstruction of justice investigation involving the president. The order appointing me special counsel authorized us to investigate actions that could obstruct the investigation. And we conducted that investigation and we kept the office of the acting attorney general apprised of the progress of our work. And as set forth in the report after that investigation, if we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. The introduction to the volume two of our report explains that decision. It explains that under long-standing department policy, a president cannot be charged with a federal crime while he is in office. That is unconstitutional. Even if the charge is kept under seal and hidden from public view, that too is prohibited. The special counsel's office is part of the Department of Justice, and by regulation, it was bound by that department policy. Charging the president with a crime was therefore not an option we could consider. The department's written opinion explaining the policy makes several important points that further informed our handling of the obstruction investigation. Those points are summarized in our report, and I will describe two of them for you. First, the opinion explicitly permits the investigation of a sitting president because it is important to preserve evidence while memories are fresh and documents available. Among other things, that evidence could be used if there were co-conspirators who could be charged now. And second, the opinion says that the Constitution requires a process other than the criminal justice system to formally accuse a sitting president of wrongdoing. And beyond department policy, we were guided by principles of fairness. 
It would be unfair to potentially it would be unfair to potentially accuse somebody of a crime when there can be no court resolution of the actual charge. So that was Justice Department policy. Those were the principles under which we operated. And from them, we concluded that we would, would not reach a determination one way or the other about whether the president committed a crime. That is the office's, that is the office's final position. And we will not comment on any other conclusions or hypotheticals about the president. We conducted an independent criminal investigation and reported the results to the Attorney General, as required by Department regulations. The Attorney General then concluded that it was appropriate to provide our report to Congress and to the American people. At one point in time, I requested that certain portions of the report be released. The Attorney General preferred to make, that in, preferred to make the entire report public all at once. And we appreciate that the Attorney General made the report largely public, and I certainly do not question the Attorney General's good faith in that decision. Mm. Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. I am making that decision myself. No one has told me whether I can or should testify or speak further about this matter. There has been discussion about an appearance before Congress any testimony from this office would not go beyond our report. It contains our findings and analysis and the reasons for the decisions we made. We chose those words carefully and the work speaks for itself. And the report is my testimony. I would not provide information beyond that which is already public in any appearance before Congress. In addition, access to our underlying work product is being decided in a process that does, that does not involve our office. So beyond what I've said here today and what is contained in our written work, I do not believe it is appropriate for me to speak further about the investigation or to comment on the actions of the Justice Department or Congress. And it's for that reason I will not be taking questions today as well. Now before I step away, I want to thank the attorneys the FBI agents, the analysts, the professional staff who helped us conduct this investigation in a fair and independent manner. Mm. These individuals who spent nearly two years with the special counsel's office were of the highest integrity. And I will close by reiterating the central allegation of our indictments that there were multiple systematic efforts to interfere in our election. And that allegation deserves the attention of every American. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. All right. He said a lot there. We're going to give you the analysis in uh, one minute. Stand by. First, let me tell you about Relief Factor. If you're in constant pain, you are not alone. I have been in pain for a long time. And you get to a point where you're just like, I can't take it anymore. When you get to that edge, you're willing to try anything. And I honestly did not think Relief Factor would work. And it's it's a bias of mine that it's 100% natural, please. It's the, oh, yeah, let me eat a plant. Uh, and so I just didn't think it would work. I take it three times a day, and it has really worked miracles for me. Get your life back. Get out of pain. Try it for three weeks. Their quick start costs you 20 bucks. 
If it doesn't work in three months or in three weeks, it's not going to work for you. So try it. 70% of the people who try it go on to order month after month like I do because it does work. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So I think that he said some really interesting things. Let me just recap here uh, quickly. WikiLeaks tried to influence Russia, tried to influence. They timed the releases and hacked into things and released it to influence our election. Uh, Private businesses in Russia also tried to influence. They did interfere. However... Uh, we also looked into obstruction because anybody who was trying to obstruct us looking into were our elections free and fair, we needed to look into. So if there was an accusation, we looked into it. Uh, he says part one of his report was about the numerous attempts that did happen by Russia, but there was insufficient evidence to prove a crime when it came to the president or anyone around the president. He said, if we would have if we would have known for sure that the president did not commit a crime, we would have said so. Now, he didn't say if he did commit a crime, we would have said so, because what followed, I thought, was really interesting. He said it would be um, it would be inappropriate and it would be a process beyond justice if uh, we accused And no court could try. So he said it would be wrong and unjust if we made an accusation that, yeah, we think this guy uh, committed a crime, but no court could try it because he's the president of the United States. And it's unconstitutional, he said, uh, to uh, charge a president with a crime, a sitting president. So he said we couldn't charge him with a crime if we found a crime. Now, he didn't say they found a crime. But he also said that they didn't find him innocent of any crime. So you're kind of left in this middle ground. And what he's saying here is there's another judge and jury. And that judge and jury is the American people through the impeachment process. Because we can't go through the Justice Department. We did what we were supposed to do. And I have nothing further to say on this. There's nothing that we're hiding. There's nothing that the AG has held back. He endorsed Bob Barr saying he thought he was uh, fair. Um, I do not question Bob Barr. Um, And he said, my testimony, any testimony from anybody on my team, including me, will not go further than the report that is already public. So you're kind of left with, well, wait. You didn't find anything, um, but you're you're kind of saying that if there was something, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have said we should. It's a crime because it's unjust to accuse him of a crime. So was there a crime? Mm. Yeah, because I think the, what the media is going to take out of that section, which I think was one of is the most that? important sections, is him saying, look, we were prevented from charging him 
However, you do have a way to follow up on this. Yes. And and the media is going to translate that as him basically giving a roadmap to what Congress should do next, which is impeachment. That is what how I think people but, are going but, to take that in the media and on the left. But mm-hmm. my question is, you impeach him. You just had a grand jury. And so, you know, when a grand jury does an investigation, and they do all of this. You issue an indictment. This person committed a crime because of these things. Well, he's just said there's no other information for us to give. We've given you yep. all information. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all read that information with an exception of just a few tidbits that don't seem like they're bombshells. Mm-hmm. Okay, hidden behind those black bars. Um, they're just names to it's a protect. Lot of Roger Stone stuff, basically. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's he's sending two signals. One, uh, there is a way, if you think the president committed a crime, you have to do it through impeachment. But two, uh, you, if you're going to interview any of us on the team, we're all going to say the same yep. thing. Everything we have is in that report. Well, there, mm-hmm. there is this weird line in there of if, we, if he had committed a crime, we couldn't have said anything. And if we knew he didn't commit a crime, what was it? What did he say in the was, report? If if he if he, if we if he was innocent, we would have said so. We would have said so. Right. Basically, if we could have proved his innocence, we right. would have said so. But, but like you said, on the other hand, if he would have been guilty, we we wouldn't have said so. Right. right. So it kind of helps nobody. It helps nobody and because it, and you it have, doesn't help Trump because if we have all of the information, mm-hmm. well, then where is the crime? Right. What is the crime? Right. What they're saying is the he there's a way to take this. Right. And I think the left will take it this way. Certainly the Ocasio Cortez's of the world will take it this way, which is saying he can't say that there's a crime com- be, that has been committed. However, he believes there is a crime that has been committed and you should go in and impeach him for it because that's the only way mm-hmm. he can puni- be punished for that crime. Yeah, but what is the crime? Well, he's it's all he's saying it's all there. This is a crime. Where? Again, Did you see it? You I, read the report. And to be clear, I, I don't, I'm not saying this, but I'm saying that the left will, will be making this argument, which is there are a lot of examples of things that we could say were obstruction of justice. You know, the, the, the you know, misle- you know, him asking for um, Mueller to be fired and, 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 uh, and not. Well, I mean, I know, I know, I know you can look at it that way. And, and but his I mean, point, it, I think in reality, there's no smoking gun. This is, this is something that, um, if, you know, I read it. If this is all the information, which he just said, we have no other information. It's all out there. Mm-hmm. It's all out there. Yep. Okay. Well, it's all out there. Well, I don't see anything that is a smoking gun. You could look at certain things and go, yeah, that was not good. And that probably was maybe that skirts, but there's no smoking gun on anything. And so what you're doing now is saying, we couldn't prosecute and bring to a court of law, but I honestly don't see, even if you could, we've all now seen all of the information. Right. And I don't, I wouldn't, if I'm a, an attorney general, I'm not bringing that to a courtroom. No, I, even if I constitutionally, I could, I don't think you have a strong enough case, it, you, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. No way. I Democrats think, won't mind that though. No, they'll do it anyway. They'll no, do it I know anyway. because of their but, sheer hatred for him. But I think they will pay a heavier price for it. It's possible. I mean, Maybe. I think there's a good argument to be made though. On the other side is what Mueller is basically saying with this press conference is, look, I did my job. I got nothing else for you. Leave me alone. Yeah. He is you see that. what you see what's sitting there. If you mm-hmm. think it's enough, go for impeachment, but stop bugging me. 
Yeah, that, I think I that's, that's exactly a, a what he's saying. A fair reading of where yeah. he yeah. is, and that's probably um, why he mm-hmm. he did this press conference yeah, today. Right. I will say the bar thing was like maybe the biggest moment in there because Mueller saying that. He he believes Barr was acting in good faith with what he did with the letter is a huge part of the story because the main point of evidence that the Democrats had against uh, against Barr was to say that Mueller wrote this letter and he said I want you to to release more and and you're not doing this and they tried to make it out like Mueller was really pissed off as you see in that press conference Mueller is telling you he's not pissed off about quote it, right? I do not question Bob Barr that's big. That's, That's huge. 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 The, the problem is, after two years, we want something definitive. Yeah. Give us definitive, and we just don't have it. And we have definitive on, on the collusion. On, on collusion. collusion. Yes. And we have. Def- and that would have been the crime. Right. And we have definitive so. on Russia and WikiLeaks. Yeah. Yeah. We have all this evidence. There's no evidence. There's just this, like, well, maybe, I don't know. I guess you could read it that way. But you don't put people in jail no. for that. And you don't take no. away the presidency for that. There's no smoking gun. As he said, everything that we had to say and we found is out. You know it all. You're listening to Glenn no, Beck. That's not the way. Yeah, that's not the way the press is going to treat it. They're going to go the opposite way. Uh, all right. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about um, uh, selling your home. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, moving into an area that you don't know, it's awful. It's awful. You don't. You have no idea. You need somebody that you can trust that that understands you, has your sensibilities. The real estate agents that we have in realestateagentsitrust.com uh, are, are all people who we have hand-vetted. We know them personally. Uh, they listen to the show. They have your same sensibilities. They look for honest deals. They're kind of handshake kind of people. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. When you're in the car and you're saying, look, you know what I'm worried about with schools. They do know what you're worried about with schools, and they will help you find the right place. If you're looking to sell your house, they know your area and know how to find the right customer for your home and price it right and get it off the market. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service from Mercury Real Estate. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's really interesting to uh, sit here and, and have multiple screens to be able to watch all of the news channels and how everybody's reporting on this. Um, Fox News has rotated through several different um, banners. Uh, one they generally are on is there was insufficient evidence to charge broader conspiracy. Um, but they have gone through several different things that Mueller said. Uh, not having the sound up on either of them because we're in the studio, you kind of just have to get the gist from what you know each is saying by what they're putting up on the screen. Fox News seems to be reporting a, a more positive but a more thorough uh, look at what uh, Mueller said. The only, the only banner that I have seen on CNN is this. Mueller, quote, if we had confidence the president, le- uh, the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so, end quote. So that's what the media is going to hang their hat on. And that was in the, the Mueller report. Right, it's just a quote from the Mueller report, which is the same quote that they used constantly right after it came out. Right. 
So the the conversation is not going to change, but it should. And here's what it should change to. And I, I want to have an adult, nonpartisan, constitutional conversation. And that is, here's if we looked at this as history and we said, all right, you've read the Mueller report on Harry Truman. And we take Trump and Obama and everybody else out of it. And we're talking about Harry Truman. This is what the report said. And this is what the opposition and the supporters were saying. Dismiss opposition and dismiss supporters right now as just noise. Look just at the report and what he just said. Well, what he just said was there's nothing hinky going on in the Justice Department. There's no cover up and nobody's telling me or anybody else what to say. Uh, The attorney general is on the up and up. He's a good man. I trust him. Uh, I uh, I want to get this exactly right. I do not question Bob Barr. That's huge. Huge. Um, It's huge that he said everything that was supposed to be released has been released. You have all of the information. Nobody's telling me to say these things. Nobody's telling me what not to say. I'm telling you now you can you can uh, have us testify, but there's nothing else I'm going to say. My testimony is that report. I have nothing else. Everything I wanted to say is in it. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is, again, if we were just talking about Harry Truman, what this report does is it does say that one line, if we had confidence the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. But he also came out and he said, if we would have charged him with a crime, it would have been unjust because we can't charge a sitting president with a crime. There are other ways to deal with that because he's the president. But the court of law and charging someone with a crime that they can never go to court and clear their name of, meaning there's a chance he's innocent, right? And he deserves his day in court. So we can't say that he committed a crime because he cannot have a day in court. So that leads you to understand that there is something in the report and all of it is out. So we can have an adult conversation that won't happen on TV, but we can have an adult conversation. Wait a minute. Let's go back and look at that report, because if memory serves me uh, correctly, there are a couple of places where they said we investigated this and there was no crime. We investigated this and there was no crime. We investigated this and we also investigated this and then we investigated this and there was no crime. Wait a minute. What were those last two? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But uh, there is no smoking gun or the media would have been all over it already. There is no more information than what is in this report. So we already know we have to go back and look at it. Now, those smoking guns is the media will say, well, we got something. And the Democrats are going to say, well, he was saying we should impeach. No, he's saying if you find that there is enough to charge him with a high crime or misdemeanor, all of the evidence, there is nothing else. All of it is in that report. So you're not going to find anything else. If you find a smoking gun, well, then you should impeach. 
well, if there was a smoking gun in that report, wouldn't we have already been talking about it? What they've been talking about lately is something that he is denying, that Bob Barr is shutting down this investigation, that he was, in a way, obstructing justice, that he was lying about what Mueller was saying. Well, Mueller is saying no. So they've played their strongest card from the Mueller report, and that was there's more to it. Well, Mueller has just come out and said, I want you to know, no one's telling me anything. In fact, I trust the attorney general, uh, and I think he's acted honorably. Uh, there is nothing else. There is nothing else. So what we have to do as adults is go back and look back at the Mueller report. And what were those couple, two or three places where they didn't say there was not a crime there? Probably the biggest one um, is the the attempt by uh, the president to try to get um, to get Don McGahn, the the attorney, um, to deny that the president had ordered him to to have Mueller fired. Okay, so Trump calls McGahn and says fire uh, Bob Mueller, and McGahn says no. Then the story leaks that that's happening, and Trump goes back to McGahn and says release a statement saying that I didn't tell you to fire him. Okay, and that is essentially the accusation to prevent further scrutiny. He wanted uh, McGahn to lie to the press about this. So but the president came out when he fired Mueller or when he fired. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, Comey. Yeah, Comey. Uh, that was the first time. Mm-hmm. And he he came out and said, yeah, I fired him because of this. When he's doing this with Mueller and trying to fire Mueller. He clearly can. Yep. He just like Comey. He's the president. He that can. guy works for the president. The, it, it looks bad, but he can. There is part of this that is you can't always fire people to protect yourself. I mean, there is yes. precedent for that. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look at this, the way the Mueller report is broken down, if you haven't read it, and I, I hope you have enough of a life to that not have read it. You let us do uh, that. Uh, yeah. They have basically 10 things in there that they think could have been obstruction of justice. And each one has to hit. It has to clear all three hurdles. Right. Here are the hurdles. It has to be an obstructive act. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have to do something, obviously. Number two, it can't just be an obstructive act. Number two, it also has to have a nexus to an official proceeding. So basically, it has to do with an It can't just be like a. Uh, you know, something with the press. It has to have something to do with an, an official court proceeding. You're trying to get in the way of the investigation in some way. And then third is intent. You have, your intent has to be to hide, um, to to actually obstruct. It can't just be something that wound up obstructing, but you didn't mean it to. Okay? So in this particular case, it's very easy to see Donald Trump as a guy, and we all know this, if you are against Donald Trump, he hates your guts and he wants you dead. Okay. <laughs> whether he did something or not, whether it's justified or not, he doesn't want you around. Okay. Um, and so you can easily see him saying, I am so sick of this Mueller stuff. Just fire the guy. I want you to fire him. His intent may not have been to obstruct justice. Right. It was, I'm sick of this guy. And that's what's interesting about this particular incident, because they have, throughout this, they go through all 10, and they apply those three standards to each one of the accusations. Mm -hmm. In almost all of them, one of the hurdles they basically tell you is not cleared. 
like he didn't have the intent or he it didn't have a nexus to an official court proceeding right mm-hmm. there's always one of them at least mm-hmm. usually on all of these they found something on one of the three standards but they couldn't get all three and to make it official to make it a real charge they need to get all three of those things this mcgann one they they basically tell you they have all three they basically go through this and say yes we do think there was an obstructive act. Yes, there was a tie to an official court proceeding. Yes, he had the intent to try to hide it. Like, and they, and you know, it's a little bit more nuanced than this. They present some evidence on his behalf as well. Like, for example, one, and again, this—if you remember the uh, the definition of is mm-hmm. right—Trump's case is not that he said he was going to fire him. He said he wanted to get to get rid of him. Now, those are two different... I mean, they seem to say the same type of thing, but there's a little more wiggle room in the get rid of him. What does that mean exactly? How does that work? Is there a conditional part to that? But I mean, that's one of his defenses here is basically... I never said the word fire. I never said the word fire. That's why it was an obstruction to get McGann to to, to come out and say I didn't say it because I said get rid of it. So I'm I'm not trying to mislead people by saying... I never called McGann. I'm just, I, I tried to call McGann to say, come out with a statement that said, I, I never said fire because I didn't say fire. I said, get rid of him. And so like, that's a type of line. And they present that as a case, as a part of the argument in his positive. However, they also give evidence on the other side of that as well. Well, so, it's a definition of is. It's a, 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 a bit mean, of a wording it, game, but they, yeah. but they are saying that, okay, well, here's what he says, and maybe you believe that. Here's why we don't necessarily believe it. Right. But this is something that is, in, in my opinion, is in the gray area mm-hmm. of definition of is, okay? Mm-hmm. You, but that's not something con- that conservatives have typically wanted. No, no, no I'm not saying. Standard. No, no, wait, wait. Right. I, I'm not, I'm not, not taking a side on mm-hmm. either side. I'm just saying, if you're going to impeach somebody... You want clear cut. You yep. want clear cut. That's a and standard I think is appropriate. Correct. And mm-hmm. it, it could be a smallish crime, but it, you want it clear cut. He did this because of this. The problem with this is, is they looked at all of these places where he could have obstructed and he didn't. In, in so a lot of them. Right. So there's no real pattern of obstruction. There is just his solar flare of, I want this guy yeah. out of here. It seems to be there were some moments of anger, sometimes um, connected to an official act, which you know doesn't excuse you for what you do in that situation. I think it's a good argument for Trump as a person because when he has and he has these moments of anger, sometimes he flies off the handle. But generally speaking, in here, you see a lot of opportunities for him to do more where he stops it. I mean, I've, I've made this example before with Jared Kushner. They 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 would not give the press a thing on 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 the documents that they wanted about this, but behind the scenes he was telling Kushner whatever they want, just give it to him. Like I mean, so he gives this front to the to the papers and to the press of I'm not going to give you anything. He's fighting with them, but in the background behind the scenes he's telling Jared Kushner give investigators whatever they want. Like that's not a sign of someone who's constantly trying to no. obstruct justice. And it's he may also, have had moments where he flew the, off the handle, the, and that's what they're going after. The biggest point in this favor in my opinion, is there's no underlying crime. Okay? Like, there, there was no obstruction, or, or there was no collusion yeah. with Russia. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing what we, we hoped that he wasn't doing, at least if you're a 
an American uh, and you put America first, you hope the president wasn't colluding to disrupt our <laughs> right. elections. That would be bad. Okay, That would be bad. Mm-hmm. If any of that would have come through, I would not be on the presidential bandwagon. You were colluding with a foreign entity, an enemy of ours to destroy our elections. You're done. I don't care who you are. You're done. There was none of that. None of that. So he's obstructing justice for what reason? So they don't get down to there is no evidence of things? I think a lot of times it's just him fighting with the press. Yeah, exactly right. He thinks that this, and he has good reason to, that this is a setup, that the press is just coming after him. I, I think if you look at this as Harry Truman... I think that's where history would have ended up if this would have happened to Harry Truman. No, he was there. There wasn't an original crime. And so, yeah, they say that it's not the crime. It's the cover up. No, not really. Not with him, because he wasn't covering things up. He was giving information to the investigators. Give them Jared, give them whatever they want. So he was saying, we're not doing anything. But he had these moments where he's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. That's a fair reading of it. I think that's a totally fair reading of it. Uh-huh. And the American people are fair. The press isn't. The Democrats will not be. And let's be honest. If this were Barack Obama, our side probably wouldn't be honest either uh, and give him the benefit of the doubt. They're going to do what he has to do. Just keep doing what you're supposed to do. And the one thing the president needs to do is pay attention to the economy. Make sure this economy does not stumble or fall, because that will decide the election. Our sponsor is um, is ComeSailAway.com. ComeSailAway.com. This is going to be so fun. This is happening next spring. Uh, and you know, they've been asking me to do this forever. Uh, and I've not wanted to uh, to do it because I just I'm a I'm not a cruise guy. Um, and they said, okay, well, what would you want to do of a cruise? So uh, I want to go to Europe. I want to see Athens. I want to take my daughter to Athens. I want to I go to Venice. I also want to go back to the Holy Land. Uh, I, I want to be able to teach my kids the history of the Enlightenment. That's really, is, that's Venice. The history of the Enlightenment and how these really strong uh, people funded the Enlightenment. Uh, what a democracy is. Why we're not a democracy. Why are we a republic in, in Athens? And what is the foundation of our religion, of our belief of freedom? That comes from the Holy Land. So uh, I've heard David Barton, uh, Bill O'Reilly. We're all going uh, on his cruise. I want you to check it out. Please come with us next spring. All-inclusive, comesailaway.com. That's comesailaway.com. Oh, Lord, forgive us and heal our land and heal our people, please, because you're the only ones going to save us. Because every decision we face, every option that is out there is just not easy or good. Protect us, Lord, protect us. You're listening to Glenn Beck.